you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Uh, welcome to your Monday with the Addison's. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Yes. We would like to open the phone lines up and get your take on our discussion. Uh, so make sure you stick around for that in the third segment. Uh, we'll open the phone lines. Today's topic is Hagios. Hmm. Hagios. God bless you. Yeah. (laughs) Hagias. Hagias. (laughs) Today's topic is Hagias. Uh It's uh, uh, the Greek transliteration for our um, where we get our word holy. Yes. And uh, just means different. It means set apart. I shouldn't say just because it's (laughs) it's a kind of a small word with a huge meaning. Oh, yeah. And and probably even bigger implication. Yeah. And so I want to talk about that. I, of course, I, I want to grab um, a current event headline and just sort of use that as sort of a here's what's going on. And uh, and, and, you know, anyway, so so we'll get around to that and then talk about how for us to be different is not new in the history of the church. Mm. For us to be the same is new mm. in the history of the church. Mm. Amen. Right. I mean, like yeah. if if you could just like kind of let that. Simmer just for a second. Just think about that. Marinate. That's right. Let that marinate just for a second, <laughs> because for us to be different, yeah, is what would be common and expected in the history of the church. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are today, um, just trying to be the same. Yeah. Being, so I and, guess if people were going for fresh and new and never before <laughs> seen, then yeah. you got it. Yeah. And, and I was gonna say, being different is what causes the questions to come of why are you like that. That's, and gives exactly us an opportunity right. to be a witness. You yeah, know? we want to. We want to. Uh, <laughs> we want to be a witness. We want to witness. Mm-hmm. We, we want to get to First Peter three fifteen. But we do not. In fact, I would say we refuse to traverse through First Peter one and two. Ooh. We ain't gonna do it. <laughs> and I, and I, I really want to talk about this. Like I'm. I'm. This is. This is sort of like. Um, I guess just the things that I've been mulling over. I'm preparing to walk through. Um, several weeks of teaching with the women at our church on holiness and, and the call that we are to be holy as God is holy. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And so of course, as I'm digging into this and I'm looking at again, always where we are in culture, I find it increasingly necessary to encourage all of us. Like we (laughs) we're different guys, like (laughs) embrace it. Unless we're not, unless we're not. That's then be problem. ashamed of it. That's a problem. Yeah. yeah. If you're different, embrace it. If you're not different, be ashamed of it. We'll, we'll get into this. We'll talk about it. Uh, but first, we've got to let you know what's going on here at the American Family Association and American Family Radio. Yes. Well, I'll let you know what's going on with American Family Radio tomorrow. We're going to have a big day. Mm-hmm. We're going to have uh, the speakers who are going to be a part of the Marriage Family Life Conference. Uh, they're going to be on the radio all day tomorrow. And Yay. so it's a radio day to get 
uh, let you guys get a feel of who these speakers are who's going to be speaking. I think it's going to be a, just a great time because we have a great lineup of speakers. So just tune in tomorrow as much as you can. You'll hear a different speaker on pretty much every show. And so it's going to be a great time. I also want to let you know that you can uh, email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. Thank you so much for for those who do email. We get them. We can't answer all of them like right now. Let me say we're working on it, though. Yes. But we do get them. So, (laughs) you know, and we read them. And so um, please don't stop sending them. But just know that, you know, we will get to them. Uh, Marriage Family Life Conference, as I said before, July 7th to the 9th. Make sure you register for that marriagefamilylife.net marriagefamilylife.net uh, to register for the Marriage Family Life Conference. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Airing the Addisons. You can watch the broadcast live even right now. And also visit the By Design Facebook page, also the webpage for By Design at afa.net slash by design. And last but not least, I know I always mention this, but I think it's a valuable resource for you to have a clear and concise teaching on the biblical response to critical race theory. You can go to resources at afa.net, resources.afa.net, and you can pick up a two-part teaching done by Mickey Addison on that topic. And so it's just a great resource. I've heard from other people, and they say, man, you got to have this. And so if you, uh, a lot of people know about it now, you know, but if you're looking for a biblical response, you know, we have a lot of different responses, but a biblical response to this, you can pick that up at resources.afa.net. I have some uh, food for thought kind mm-hmm. of in that vein and talking about critical race theory. Just um, some of my uh, bedtime fall asleep reading. <clears throat> I don't <laughs> recommend it. I do not recommend it at nightmares. all. Uh, nightmares. <laughs> nightmares. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like, oh, Lord, you know. Um, but there are books that I have on my bookshelf that I sometimes will return to and just kind of go, you know, let me kind of finish this. Because I started <laughs> it, grabbed a few things and then stopped. And one such book is a book called History and Class Consciousness. Mm, sounds deep. By a man named George Lukacs. You oh. might be familiar with him <laughs> from some of my teachings on critical race theory <laughs> and uh, critical theory as it's as it's uh, as it's uh, come from. It's come out of yeah. critical theory. Anyway, I was reading his book um, a couple nights ago, and I came a- across a quote that he had in this book. Um, I believe. Oh, goodness, I don't remember right offhand when I could flip and try to find the copyright. When did he write this book? I don't know. I'll find it. It And then 1923. (laughs) There you go. 1923. Anyway, in this book, he uh, quotes Marx. And and I just I just want to throw this out. This is not related to our topic, Mm -hmm. but I just want people to have that same moment that I had when I read it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of think about where we are, you know. Um, anyway, he, he quotes Marx in this book, and, and this is a quote, quote, theory becomes a material force when it grips the masses. Mm. Now think about that for a second. Theory, theory, mm-hmm. theory becomes a material force when it grips the masses. Would it serve people's ends if you've got masses that are gripped, say, like in schools mm. and churches, <laughs> yeah. you know, and sure. in government sure. and corporations. You understand mm-hmm. where you've got the manifestation of all of these theories, queer theory, mm. women's theory, 
race theory, legal theory, all of these theories that come out of, they find their origin in critical theory, which is just repackaged Marxism, mm. new new Marxism, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, man, you know, it's crazy because if you've got, if you've got a population of people, like let's just say if we're largely Christian here in America, it just seems like um, things like critical race theory and other theories should not have been able to grip this mass. Mm. Like, right? Like it, right. it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been think. able to, yeah. <laughs> you would think. Like to turn into the material force mm-hmm. that it's turned into right. and is turning into increasingly because right. there should have been people who would have had sort of like a natural barrier to that where they would say, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm not buying that as it is. So we've got a lot of people who are malnourished as it pertains to scripture. And so don't then have the nutrition, don't have the resistance that they need to fight off these destructive philosophies that like, you know, would break in like a germ. You know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> they can't because they're not they're not nourished by the word, which really helps you to stand against these kinds of things. That's why we're having discussions that we should never be having. That's why you've got a person like uh, Phil Vischer. I was I was looking at the video and oh. I was really trying to I was trying to be charitable. Mm-hmm. I really was. I was trying to be charitable and trying to understand what he's saying. Um, one of the co-creators of VeggieTales. You guys remember VeggieTales back yeah. uh, from the '90s. <clears throat> yesterday, uh, and <laughs> and and anyway, I was I was trying to listen to this interview that he was doing, where he he was talking about um, HB 1557 and and talking about what might be some of the some of the problems with it, and saying how you know if you've got you know teachers might struggle in Florida if some of these questions come up, like in you know about kids that have two two moms and two dads and and then he said you know because I could see this being like just you know banning books that feature uh same-sex couples as if like he's talking about this as if these were legitimate couples you know and (laughs) and and comparing sort of where we are as Christians Mm. saying that this is where we were when it came to segregation and saying that, mm. you know, there were Christians who believe that the Bible justified their segregation and all of these things. And, 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 and it just, it's one of those things where you just kind of want to be like, are you, are you for us or our enemies? Like yeah. I just, it's not helpful in the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, again, this is what happens. This is what happens when theories grip the masses. Yeah. And you made a point about, you know, on the on the watch of a nation that uh, is supposed to be so much Christian, like how can this stuff, you know, come through and pass through? Well, yeah, I'm reminded of a scripture um, in in Romans, and it talks about it in Isaiah, and I talked about it before about God giving a people over to a spirit of stupor, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so eyes uh, so they can't see and ears that they can't hear, and that I think. A lot of what's going on is because of a turning away from God. Yeah. You know, God has given, you know, some of these things, uh, some people over to to not even hear and see yeah. really what's going on. Because to a lot of us, it seems obvious. It's like, yes. man, look yes. at this. Why, like, why is mm-hmm. this not being seen? You know, and I think it's a spiritual thing that people are not seeing this. Yeah. And it's a spiritual thing that that this stuff even got past some of the, you know, boundaries and things that were set up, you know, because I, I think God allowed that because yes. of a, a turning away from him. I mean, that would be the only 
th- that would be the only logical explanation. And yeah. I and I mean that sincerely. Like we serve the God of logic. And so that would be the only logical explanation that you could have things that are so incredibly foolish mm-hmm. and so incredibly obvious mm-hmm. go unnoticed by right. the most brilliant among us. Right. It could only be that God has turned them over that they would have what they want, which is um, the the celebrated rejection of him in right. their society. Right. Right. The normalization of um, exalting idols. Like, so worshiping what is created rather than the creator, right? right? Who is to be praised, right? Right. And so I think that this is sort of like the only logical conclusion that we can arrive at. I know that there are still people who are trying to arrive at other conclusions and say, Mm -hmm. conclusions and and say, we're here because of this. No, Mm. we are here because this is what it looks like when God hands people over to themselves and says, is that what you want? Mm. Is that what you want? Like, right. you know, there's there's that there. And, and and again, well, no, I'll just hold it because because God speaks for himself. That That's good enough. That's good enough. This is what it looks like when God says, is that what you want? And, and then the response in all of our doing is yes. And the thing is, you, you, all you have to do is look at the top headlines and some of the things that we are talking about today yeah. and see that there's an obvious like blindness mm-hmm. that's spiritual. You yep. know, when when you have people fighting against a bill that would prohibit students, children, five years old, you know, from from uh, being exposed to sexual content. Right. And they're like fighting. That's man, that's blindness. That's like they have been given over and to that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like so they can't even see that, man, this is not right. You know, it's not, and the whole transgender, you know, talk of the athletes and stuff that's like this stuff is happening. Yeah. And it's man, it's it's persistent because of a blindness that's out there, and it's it's like palpable. You can like you, yeah. You know oh, I what think I'm that's saying? That's a great word. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and again, this just really speaks to God handing a people over to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the whole phenomenon, even being celebrated in um, our government, and just a just a dramatic push, mm. a dramatic lurch toward wickedness. It's it's a it's a push. And it's a lurching that we can feel. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. you you read the news headlines or you listen to the news headlines and you say now on our official passports, you will allow for people <laughs> to designate that their gender is X. Mm. Now, I, I just like seriously, again, <laughs> this is just another example of the handing over effect. Right. So this is supposed to be like a mechanism in place for security mm-hmm. that we know who's traveling where. And there has long been the expectation that the picture on the passport will align with all of the information. So can you imagine that you've got a man traveling, but maybe on there is marked woman or maybe on there is marked X. And then people are just confused and the pictures and all of these things do not line up. Behold, this is where we are. I'm screaming now, set me on fire, set me on fire. Make me a blaze till my heart expire. Set me on fire, set me on fire. As I give you praise and lift your name higher, Lord, set me on fire, set me on fire. Make me a blaze till my heart expire. Set me on fire, set me on fire. As I give you praise and lift your name higher. We are called to be different. We are called to be set apart. Mm. Um, my encouragement to all of our listeners is not only to recognize this for yourself, but to teach this to your children. Uh, we are saying often, and we'll conti- continue saying this, 
that the highest distinction that we have is that of Christian, that of follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything else just follows after that. You can probably choose the order after that, however you'd like, um, I guess, to a certain extent. But I would say the first and foremost uh, description, um, our chief identity is that of follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that ultimately matters uh, in eternity because it determines where you're going to spend etern eternity. Mm. Like, I mean, I just don't understand anything that could be more important than that. Um, all right. So I, I, I want to look at something that um, we've been exploring in our family. And so often we get feedback from other families who enjoy this program. And one of the things that you've said um, that's been really, really encouraging and really helpful, even for um, how we plan the show and, and the kinds of topics that we feel like kind of hit the mark, um, is that it really changes the way you think about your role as a parent and even as a grandparent, what it is that you are to be doing in this time that we're living in as we wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I came across this story and I really thought, you know, we could do this show without a current event, but I thought this kind of just paints a picture in real time of what it looks like to, to be different. Um, unfortunately, this the presentation of this story is not um, is not one of the steadfastness of Christians, mm. which I think is sad. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the stories that we cover like this should be the stories that are the Jack Phillips stories, right? These yeah. sh these should be the Baronel Studsman stories. Um, this this should be the um, Aaron and Melissa Klein stories yeah. and uh, Brush and Nib Studio. I'm forgetting the girls' names, um, but but it should be the Christians taking a stand in culture and just being different, yeah. right? Just embracing yeah. the fact that we're different and normalizing that. Unfortunately, what we are surrounded by is we are surrounded by super cute Christians who just want to be like everybody else. Mm. They don't want to be different. Nowhere in the history of Christianity will you ever find that that was true, that Christians just sought to be like everybody else. If they had sought to be like everybody else, they would not have been persecuted so. Right. Right. If they would have just gone along to get along, they would not have been persecuted. So as it is, we find ourselves always, always trying not to be persecuted. We mm. don't want to suffer. And in fact, it's, it's amazing because there's so many scriptures that just confirm for us over and over and over again that you're going to suffer. Right. You're going to suffer. All who desire to live godly will suffer persecution, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. Like this is this is just sort of like our portion, but we don't want that. We're more content with like the Fred Hammonds, you know, the blessed in the city and the blessed in the field, blessed when they come and blessed when they go. You know, we want good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. We want men giving to us. And then when we find ourselves in a situation where we've always expected it to be good and then it's not according to the world standards, we think that God has forsaken us. Maybe it's just true that when he said you're going to suffer that you will be persecuted, that you're not higher than your master. Maybe it's just true. Mm. Like may maybe we should just be used to that. Maybe we should have always expected that. As it is, we've lived in a very comfortable place. We haven't been persecuted. So we're adjusting. It's like our eyes adjusting to the sun. Mm. Blink a few times, get over it. This is it. Th this, is, this is what we signed up for when we said we decided to follow Jesus Christ. That's right. And the question then always is, it's like it's 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 Jesus turning and asking Peter, 
um, when he tells all of the masses who are following him, they've just seen this this miracle where he's fed with the fish and the loaves and everything, and they're following him. And, and Jesus, like, pegs him, right? He's like, y'all were just here for the po' boys. Like, that's it. <laughs> y'all were just here for the sandwiches, you know? And 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 then he's like, but you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they and they go away. They're like, that. that's a hard saying. Like, okay. I, I don't know that we can, you know? And what does Jesus, what does Jesus say? He turns to his disciples who are still standing there and he's not like, oh, wait, please, you guys stay with me. Right, like, please. Right. And he, he's like, do you want to go too? <laughs> do y'all want to go too? Like, do, do you, do you guys, do you want to go too? And the only response really is the response that Peter gives. Like, where else are we going to go for you alone right. have the words of Amen. eternal life? Amen. So like when we're suffering and people don't like us and they don't invite us to things and they say our kids are weird because they won't use the preferred pronouns and mm-hmm. our kids won't, you know, act like this and watch this and go here and do all these things. And, and people say we're weird and then our feelings are hurt and then we go to Jesus. I think the question probably is still like kind of like volleyed right back to us. It's like, do you want to go? Mm. Do you want to go? Yeah. And like, what's going to be our response? Yeah, just for a second. Like, just so it doesn't hurt so bad. No, our response still has to be what Peter's response was. Where else are we going to go? And, and you know, this is those type of situations uh, show where our minds need to be renewed by the word. Amen. Because the Bible spells out clearly how we are going to be seen in this world because we're not of it. And so if we would default to the word of God and what it says about those who are in Christ, when those situations happen, it won't be hurt feelings. It'll be like, right. Oh, that's supposed to happen. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm, you know, that's for righteousness sake, you know, like how do you get to the place where, how do you get to the place where you rejoice because you've been counted worthy to suffer for his name? Right. I, that, that like, means your mind, you, you're convinced already <laughs> that this is the path for the Christian, that this yeah. is supposed to happen. You're able to rejoice because you know that this is what it's supposed to be. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think because for many of us, it's sort of like this uh, progression mm-hmm. where we readjust to the idea that we're going to suffer. And just right when we get to that place where we're like, OK, we're going to suffer. OK, I can go through this. Then it goes to another level. It's like, now rejoice that you're suffering. Mm. Wait, man, but I was just getting used to the <laughs> suffering part. Like I just, mm. I was just at the place where I was like barely accepting that. Now you're telling me rejoice that I'm losing my business. Mm. Rejoice that my family is turning against me. Wow. Rejoice that my friends are calling me a bigot. Rejoice that my friends are calling me racist. Like, re- are you, t- you're telling me to rejoice? Yeah. Yeah. Rejoice. Mm. All right. Here's a story. And then let's talk about what it really looks like in the history of the church to be different, to be holy, because sometimes holy seems like this, this grand word, right? And it is a grand word. It is a grand word because it means different, right? And when you think that God is saying, Hey, I'm different. You be different. Mm. I'm set apart. You be set apart. I mean, it is a grand word, but at a very basic level, the call at a very simple level, the call is be different, if you are the called out ones, if you if you have been like I think of I really do. Um, I'm sorry that these are my illustrations. Right. But I really do get the picture of a ladle just sort of going down into a gumbo and <laughs> and just pulling out. It, it's the called out ones. Right. Like <laughs> set apart from the rest, set apart from the rest. Now, that's some funny. people would say, hey, but to the things that's in the ladle, they don't think that's a good thing because they're about they're about to be food. But do you understand what I'm what I'm saying? There's yeah. a difference here. Mm-hmm. 
the Lord has seen fit to reveal himself to you, to draw you by his spirit. You, you have believed what Jesus says about himself. Mm-hmm. So he has called you out of the world. The problem is that you're like called out of the world and yet still living in it. And there's a, there's a terrible tension there. Mm. There's a terrible tension there. And we all feel it. Yeah. The problems that we have, I think some of the biggest problems that we have are with the people who call themselves Christians and yet do not appear to feel this tension. Mm. We're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then, then you, you're surrounded by so many people who don't feel the tension that it progresses to what is wrong with me? Mm. Well, what I'm telling you, as you just suggested, Will the Great, if you go back to the word of God and you have your mind transformed, you're not conformed to the patterns of this of this world. Right. But your mind is renewed. Then what happens is you go back to your original statement. What's wrong with you? Mm. Yep. Nope. I'm fine. This is no, (laughs) there's something wrong with you. Yeah. All right. Here's a story. I thought this was really interesting. So you've got a biologically male cyclist you got a man okay Mm -hmm. i am just okay so you got a man who now calls himself a woman all right Mm -hmm. the man's name is zach bridges and he was this weekend cut from the women's british national omnium championship on saturday he's Mm -hmm. a cyclist right because he wanted to ride race against women (laughs) now this cycling oversight committee you know they have all of these organizations right said that they prohibited him prohibited him racing because technically on his male writer's ID, he was still listed as a male. <laughs> now, according to this article in front of me here, he started hormone therapy a year ago. Mm-hmm. But they said the problem was that on his ID, he's still listed as male, so he was disqualified and ineligible to race against these women. But as you continue reading the article, it comes to light that the women who were racing said, Mm. if this man races (laughs) against us as a cyclist, we're out. Right. (laughs) Now, I feel a little bit kind of like David in this situation. Right. (laughs) So here you have this is this is an example from the world of these women who are just like, man, this is stupid. Like, we're not going to race against a man. He's a man. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you have Christians where for us, we're like, man, is there not a cause? Like, and it's not even mm. for a trophy. Mm. It's not even for the accolades of this world. Like it's, it's, it's the glory of God on the line, mm-hmm. which several years ago, John Piper described the glory of God as the going public of who he is. The glory <laughs> of God. What is the glory of God? It's the revelation of who he is. It's God going public with who he is. And so how does he use us for his glory? Like, that's the question. So, okay, so we are made for the glory of God. We live for the glory of God. How does what I do every single day help aid in the going public of mm. who God is? I, yeah. And, and, and yet, and there's so many of us, look, I, I'm going to tell you. So, and I, I understand that there, there's a little bit of a conflict here because I don't have any daughters uh, playing in any um, high school sports or anything like that. But I will tell you, Uh, For a fact, for a fact, all caps, if there were a boy who wanted to run against our daughter, Mm -hmm. she would not be permitted to run. Right. She would not be permitted to run. She'd be off the team. She'd be home. She'd probably be unhappy about it. But guess who wouldn't care? These ones. (laughs) These ones. Why? Because if you let your daughters, if you let your daughters run against boys, mm-hmm. you legitimize the boys and the thoughts that they're girls. Come on. 
You're aiding. You're you're giving your approval to this. And when you and when you look at it, that this is probably what should have happened in the swimming thing. The out of the water. They should have said, blow like, the whistle. "We're not doing it." And when you say you're not doing it, man, that shines a huge light and say that this is wrong, and you're going to have to make some adjustments, like the the NCAA or whoever it is. Yep. You know, if you have a a whole That's a line of women that are saying we're not doing it, then what? Because you know, because you know what it is. It's it's actually hagias. It's mm. different. It's <laughs> it's saying it's saying not only are we different, but we're gonna behave differently. Like we're gonna we're gonna do different, yeah. right? Not only are we women, and he's a man, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but we're gonna show you that this is, and I hate to use the word so because it kind of takes away from the absolute distinction. So like, but, but for emphasis here, not only are we so women, okay, (laughs) but we are going to pronounce this to the point that you understand we are unwilling to compete against a man. Mm. And this is why I want to go back to this. And and then I want to, I want to look at the scriptures and then I want to read just a little bit from, from church history here. Cause we're in guys, if you're, if you're behaving differently, if you are being different, if you are being holy as God is holy, you're in really good company. You're in really good company. In fact, if you do the peculiar things, you're in that category among that caliber of people mm-hmm. that the Bible says the world was not worthy of them. Come on. They were different, right? Like this was not, they were not settling into this as their home. They were looking ahead to this future promise Mm -hmm. and they hoped in this promise and they lived a life consistent with that hope and that future promise. Guys, look, I'm I'm telling you, we, we are called to do different things. We haven't always felt it. We haven't always felt it because we've lived in a pretty comfortable place. But now the heat is turned up. And because the heat, is turned up. We find ourselves sort of like in this, in this crucible. There's going to be a separation. Yeah. There's going to be a separation. There are going to be people that you have walked with for a long time. And you believe that you guys were walking on the same path, headed in the same direction. And all of a sudden, and you guys, you saw this, you saw this with the rise of critical race theory and the acceptance of it in Mm. churches. You were like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) <laughs> you're like, I thought we were friends. And then right. all of a sudden you've got your dear friend saying, look, I, I'm sorry. Just to look at you, I feel triggered. I mean, you're like, wait, wait, hung out what? together, you know, went to each other's houses and, and stayed. Come and they, on, you children know, playing together, children playing together. And then because of this, no more. That's it's, it's amazing. The separation is real. Look, I, and I, you know, it, all right. So, so different. Yes. We, we are, we are called to be different. We do things differently. We think differently. We have, in fact, by the spirit of God, we've been given renewed minds so that we can think differently, so that we can process information differently. We must have an eternal way of looking at the things that are happening right now, that are happening currently in our culture. Look, so many people are being duped by these theories that are looking for the masses so that they can become a material force. (laughs) But you know who doesn't have to be duped? The Christian. Come on. Like Jesus Christ set us up to win. Yes. Before he went away, what did he say? He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Mm. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. But he said one like him mm-hmm. was coming. The yes. Holy Spirit, the comforter who was going to lead us and guide us and get this picture of what it is to be an orphan. It doesn't mean that you don't have life. 
Of course, the Holy Spirit saves us. Of course, of course, the Holy Spirit indwells us at the moment that we come to Jesus Christ. But Jesus doesn't say, I'm not going to leave you as, you know, people who just have the spirit and then are just, I'm not going to leave you as orphans is what he says. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means that the spirit brings with him a certain care for us. Come on. What, what, what comes to your mind when you think of an orphan, you think of one who has life, but no care. (laughs) So the Holy spirit, yes, brings life, but also care. We are not left to ourselves. Amen. All right. Aaron, the Addison's American family radio. We'll be right back. They bow before your throne. All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. I don't want to talk. I just want to listen. I just want to cry a little bit. Listen. Um, okay. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's. <laughs> Somebody was right there with me. Just wanted to cry a little bit. Jesus is worthy. Amen. Guys, I don't know if we remember on a daily basis who we are. Like, I don't, I don't know if we value on a regular basis what Jesus Christ has secured for us, that we were the objects of God's wrath. The mm. wrath of God remained on us and rightly so. Right, We were the right objects of God's wrath, but because of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ, we have now been made righteous. Amen. Like, so, so thinking <laughs> about like taking a hard stand in culture to me is like, I mean, like when you compare them, <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't know, hard stand in culture, <laughs> be uncomfortable or like live for the glory of God. <laughs> like it's, it's really not even a, a contest or a close second. All right. Um, let me give the number so that we can start getting the phone lines queued up. Just a couple more things I, I'd like to share. Uh, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Today's topic. Topic. That's when you try to read and talk. Today's topic. Hagias. Hagias. We're different. We're just different. We're different people. And we have to we have to em- embrace that. Amen. We have to be different. First um, Peter chapter two. I'm going to start at verse nine, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So it's amazing. It's like we're set apart. We're set apart to live lives that proclaim who he is. Yeah. And yet we're constantly trying to be just like everybody else. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Mm. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We're different. Amen. And God intends for us to be different. Like we, we, we're going to make difficult decisions for the glory of God. And when we make those decisions and when we live differently, when we live 
otherworldly, it will bring upon us a type of persecution that we were told to expect. <laughs> For many of us, we've been able to sort of like evade this persecution because we've lived the same. Mm. But now, <laughs> no more. Like you, I mean, you just can't. The lines are just like clearly drawn and you just can't. Right. All right. Again, a page from Church History while the phone lines are getting queued up. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The main cause of the hatred of early Christians in Roman society lies in their distinctive lifestyle. Quote, we have the reputation, said Tertullian in his apology, of living aloof from crowds. The word used to describe the Christian in the New Testament is highly significant. It is the term hagios, often translated saints. It means holy ones, but its roots suggest different. So a holy thing is different from other things. The temple is holy because it is different from other buildings. The Sabbath day is holy because it is different from other days. The Christian, therefore, is a person who is fundamentally different. Fundamentally different. Now, listen, I know that that makes us very uncomfortable. I know that we have been told that we should just all kind of blend in that the United States of America is a melting pot. Right. Um, but there's been a lot uh, paid to make us distinct. Yeah. So we're in the pot, but we're not melted all in there. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like yeah. we're, <laughs> we, we, we are in there, but we are distinct. And I would encourage you, not only, not only you embrace that distinction and that, man, that almost sounds a little bit pop culture-ish, but you know what I'm saying when I mean embrace that distinction, yeah. I'm saying just, just kind of rest in that. You're different. Yeah. It's like, be who you are in Christ. Like, Amen. This, is, this is a feature of being in Christ that you are, by virtue of being uh, a Christian, born again, we've been set apart. And so, again, once I, I think once we have our minds renewed to that fact and that we believe the word of God, then we'll, we, will, we will be different, you know, yeah. once we understand that this is who we are. Yeah, yeah. Man, and, you know, welcome to the reality. Yeah. Welcome to the reality. We had a tough conversation again <laughs> with our kids just last night. You know, this is the reality. We don't owe anybody an explanation for why we are walking away from something that has walked away. Mm -hmm. Like you understand what I'm saying? Like we just, we don't. And and now if a person, if, if it's a witnessing opportunity, then by all means let's witness. Mm -hmm. But it's not to, it's not to ask for forgiveness for being different. Do you understand that the Christian is not supposed to ask forgiveness for being different? Right. All right. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Jerry in Texas. Hi, Jerry. Hey, real quick, two two questions. Mm -hmm. One, I need a definitive answer on. Okay. The second, I need a little bit of feedback. The first one, Brother Will, yes. you did not tell us who that performer was that I feel on Mickey's part, she's hitting it for me. <laughs> I need to know that name so I can look it up. Come on. Yeah, that, that was C.C. Winans. C.C. Mm. Winans. Uh, worthy of it all. Oh, man. Okay. And then, so I was having a conversation um, with my wife yesterday, and um, I grew up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in a Southern Baptist, Bible Belt Baptist, not Southern Baptist Convention, but a Bible Baptist church. 
and she grew up mostly Methodist. And when we go to church, if we're in church, and it may be a little off topic, I don't think it's too far off. Um, I get compelled in the spirit sometimes when the preacher is preaching the word and he's pointing out things that the, the congregation, the body of Christ, should be standing firm on, should be willing to take and take it to the mat and, and fight for it. Mm-hmm. The spirit that indwells in me likes to get a little vocal, so I'll, I'll <laughs> sing out a little amen every now and then. Um, and so she, she didn't grow up that way. We were having this discussion, and it, it embarrasses her a little bit. But I told her, I said, that I, I, I can understand her uh, embarrassment, but what to me, I told her, I said, the way I feel about it is, is you're asking me to squelch the spirit that's indwelling in me so that you don't get embarrassed, but we're in a church where Christ is at presently because there are more than two, two believers gathered, and that, you know, I, the spirit in, my, in me is telling me that, hey, let it be so. And, and back that pastor up on that. So I just want a little feedback, not not much. I, I'll let y'all go and I'll listen. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Jerry. Man, so look, I'm a loud <laughs> listener, Jerry, so you're not going to get, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I feel like it's not fair for me to comment. I'm I'm a loud listener um, just by nature. I found myself, in, I have to remind myself, okay, is it a little bit, these people around here are dignified, so don't be meeky <laughs> on this one. Um, I'm a loud listener, but can I say something in defense of the the movement that you feel like the 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 response to what you're hearing um man in some of the apostle paul's letters he is writing a thought he is he is he's writing as as the holy spirit carries him along mm-hmm. and he will just like randomly break out like <laughs> in, the, in the middle of that writing yeah. with it's it's like praise just like wells yeah. up in thanks be to god you know who has forever praised amen and then he goes back into what he's saying and so <laughs> I think, Jerry, now, of course, I'm biased here, and I will admit that, okay? <laughs> I think that we're, we're in good company to be overcome by the reality of what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. And I think that even as the Apostle Paul is writing as the Spirit of God is carrying him along, sometimes you actually read that sinking in. Like, mm-hmm. you, you read that he's writing, mm-hmm. and, and then it's like, you know, how, who is forever praised or thanks be to God. Like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't know. So yeah. I, of course I'm biased. I'm a loud <laughs> listener. Will the great, what say you? No, I, I would agree. I would agree. If we, if we can get um, vocal about anything, let it be the preaching of the word of God. You know, a lot of times we don't have problems with um, things that are secular in nature. That's not bad things, you know, games or different things that we see on television or whatever and getting real vocal about those things. I think when we're talking about the preaching of the word of God and something resonates with us and, and the word is being preached and, it, you know, and, and it's like, man, hallelujah. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't see any problem uh, with that. I think we need to be, uh, I would say, more vocal in our praise to God. You know, I, I think that's perfectly fine. So that's that's my now, take. I will say something. I will I will say this. I agree with you 100 percent because, as I say, I'm a loud listener. <laughs> I would just say this. If you asked me if you if if because you're more reserved than I am, but you you still can respond when you hear something. Amen. Good, right. Yes. Um, If you turn to me, if it were, you know, if you thought I was just like it was too much. Mm hmm. And you gave me, you know, that Bob and Brenda kind of like just hand on the, okay, all right. I I can control myself. Yeah. 
right? So right. like I could I could not respond the next time. Now I'd be mad at you. But I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. I know. I'm just <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to help Jerry and his yeah, wife. I, I just I, I mean, just don't want to cause problems. Yeah. I just you know, I don't want Jerry to get home and be like, Will and Mika said it. No, I'm just kidding, Jerry. You wouldn't you wouldn't do that. All right. Let's let I hope I hope that that's helpful. I hope so. All right. Back to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. All right, let's go to Steven in Texas. Hi, Steven. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, growing up, I grew up to where we were that Joshua generation, you know, choose you this day whom you'll serve. And it seems like the world has taken that approach with the church nowadays. And mm. we are the ones, it's like we've been dating the world, and they've broken up mm. with us, and we're like wanting them back. <laughs> Come on. And I told the men in our, I told the men in our men's group, I said, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord said, before I take you out of this world, I'm going to take the world out of you. Mm. And I think we have become so intertwined with the world that now, even as they separated from us, God's checking our heart, and mm. he's saying, hey, you're mine. You've been bought with the prize tonight. Mm. So I just want to just agree with you guys. Thank y'all, because I know that's something God's calling us to do, and whether that's with Disney, the world taking their stand, we've got to respond and choose back, come back to choose the God we serve. Mm. You know? Amen. Stephen. Amen. All, all I'll do is put an exclamation see, point on what Stephen you said. Stephen was preaching. I said, amen. Amen. I know. Loud listener. <laughs> and Jerry's like, see, I am normal. But man, I'm, I'm telling wow, you, what an that, illustration there. Real. The world is broken up with us. Right. We, we like <laughs> we groveling, like our... want, want the world back. Like, oh, why? Yikes. Mm. Oh, man. May it never be so. Like, may, what, yes, have, what yeah. have we come to? Mm. We've come to a living hope. Amen. Like, you know, we haven't come to a social club <laughs> unless that's what you've come to. Mm. Right. Hey. But like the vast majority of Christians and those who lived before you didn't come to a social club. Right. What what do we come to? We've come to a living hope. Amen. We haven't we haven't come to Sunday meetings. There are some people, though, who find the distinction really difficult because unlike what our brother just said here, um, they've they've come to a social club. Mm. They've come to something that is just sort of like it's been passed down. It's just what we do. We go to church like, you know what I mean? But really, what is it that you've come to? Amen. All right, Amen. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Tom in Texas. Hi, Tom. Yes, this is Tom. Yes, go Hello. ahead. Well, uh, I was calling about this transgender mess uh, with children. Mm-hmm. Yes. It just sickens me. But uh, a little background, I, I have uh, had experience with that drug Lupron. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2013, I was diagnosed with uh, uh, very aggressive prostate cancer, and because of that, uh, part of my treatment was they put me on those Lupron sh- shots to stop my body from producing testosterone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was—I took the shots every four months for two years, and it just has bad side effects. Mm. Um, as a man, uh, when, when you, uh, your testosterone should be around 750 and it's 44, um, mm. uh, you just, you know, I'm just fatigued all the time Yeah, and, and it's not reversible. They just said that I'll have to wait and let my body, you know, increase on its own. And it's been nine years and it's wow. now up to about 150. Wow. 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 To be doing that to to children mm. is just a, it's, it's a crime. It, it is a crime. It is wow. it is child abuse. It is unthinkable. 
And we live in such a perverse generation. Like we live among such a perverse people that for us to say what you just said, Tom, is hateful. For us to say children should be protected, that children should not be given off-label use drugs. <laughs> remember the big, like during the COVID, remember off-label, that's yeah. off-label, you can't, <laughs> we, okay, anyways, um, <laughs> let me stay, let me stay right here in the vein of what our brother Tom is, is suggesting here. When you can keep information from people, you will often have them agree with you because they don't know what they're agreeing with. Right. Right. So the vast majority of people have no idea about Lupron and its use as a hormone hormone blocker or to stop a kid from the, their body naturally experiencing puberty. Mm. It is child abuse. Okay, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.